What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 392. My name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts. And as always, I'm joined by... Ron. And John. Guys, how are you both doing today? Tonight? Good. 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 Energetic. Energetic. Yeah, energetic. Good. And still, I would say, still a little creepy. I know that Halloween was a few oh days my ago. God. But like, uh, I have a whole new thing I'm trying to start this year. And I'm actually going to be rolling out like... Uh, you know, a bunch of podcasts on my uh, FYIZ podcast feed. If, if folks, if you like me on this show and you don't know, I do other shows. Check out the feed, just as called FYIZ. But I'm going to be doing something called Keep It Creepy in November, where I have a lot of creepy podcasts that I wanted to get out in October, but I was too busy to finish. And I've decided to turn it into a new movement. So hashtag <laughs> okay. Keep It Creepy. Um, oh, I like but, it. But I think that there's a lot of folks who like horror all year round and October mm. is the one part of the year where we don't feel so strange. Like yeah. every, everyone's kind of talking about it. And I always want to keep that feeling going like kind of on through the holidays. I feel like Christmas is a creepy time too. Let's keep it yeah. going through December too. But right now, just November. So yeah. um, I think this episode is going to be wall to wall creepy, but also, um, you know, I think we, we keep that, we keep that, that fire alive on this show. We're always talking we about do. whatever the latest horror thing Thanks is. Thanks to you guys. I feel like yeah. if it weren't for you two, I would never pick horror. I mean, not, not, not <laughs> because I'm, I dislike it. It's just, if, if someone gets gutted in the, in the middle of a movie, I tend not to like push it on anybody. Yeah. But honestly, I'm starting to get soft on, on horror films. They've like, worn I'm you down, huh? You've, you've worn me down. If you listened to me in the beginning, I was just like, <laughs> now I'm, I'm not spitting anymore. I'm not, like, not spitting anymore. Was... You're leaning in. You're like, hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. What's that? Whatever that, whatever that that was going on with your saliva glands, you've addressed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just or it's taking care of itself. You just dried yeah. up in your old age. Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um. What are we what are we covering today? Because I feel like I, I feel like I've gone out on a limb and and watched one of your required viewings, but I mean I always do. But this one hmm. I, I, I'm not I, sure what I, you're I'm not sure what you're going with that, but no, we have no, one no, no. we have one required viewing. I don't think I've ever and I know been you watched that one. I don't think I've ever been affected by one quite like this one. Oh, that, oh, that's oh, why I'm so excited to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's let's do required viewing just as a little like teaser for the episode. Like John said, we're trying to like get as many other things like, you know, creepy, spooky related in, in the shadow of Halloween, like John's movement. We're we're basically just jumping on that bandwagon yeah. of what he's yeah. got going on. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a couple other horror titles, uh, spooky titles, creepy titles, you know, in the podcast in general. We'll get to those in a minute. But yeah, at the top, as always, required viewing. My pick from last week was this year's most recent, uh, you know, theatrically, it was out like a month or so ago, month and a half or so ago. Came out on uh, Shudder last week. I thought it was on demand in general, but I think it, it, it was Shudder. So if yeah. I misled you, hopefully you did some Googling and learned how to use the internet and found it yourselves. But um, yeah, it's on Shutter currently. But this is when evil lurks, which uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, the bubble that we I I think we're probably similar bubbles in, in you know the Twitter the X world, which I I refuse to call it X. I'm still calling it Twitter. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Yes. That 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 Twitter verse, the bubble that we live in. Uh, you know, a lot of people that I follow had been uh, commenting on this movie. There's this this Argentinian horror film that came out not not that long ago, and. You know, especially people that I really kind of like clue into or, or kind of like, OK, they they really seem to like this movie. And that that kind of registers with me. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so it had kind of been floating around. I tried to catch it when it was in theaters. 
timing just didn't work out and it just it was only there at, at one of the ones i had you know i could get to easily for like a, a couple of weeks um but yeah i was happy that it came out on shut i'm sure i'm sure they're happy it came out on shutter you know just before halloween hopefully it's doing well there but yeah when evil lurks uh, had you guys heard of this movie? I, I can't remember if we kind of went through this last week, but just in general, had had you awareness? Where where were you on your awareness level prior to picking it last week? Not a no? not a not an idea about no this. registration. Got no, it. No registration. Okay, John. Um, I had uh, it was on my radar a little bit for the reason that you mentioned, Steve. I just had heard people saying or read people saying this was good, and it was you know maybe the fact that, and I don't know that I put it together until. I was uh, digging into it a little bit for this conversation. I don't know if I put it together that the director's previous film, Terrified, is a movie that I really loved and I, I talked about on the show. I don't know if we ever talked yeah. about it as a segment, but I know that I saw it on, it was on Amazon or something. Um, and I just looked at, it just looked like it was kind of creepy and it it was good to great in the same ways that I thought this movie was really effective, which is just, there's a, there's a kind of honesty about how, how fucked up shit really gets when this kind of evil is unleashed and what's going on and about the way that it uh, takes over the situation that is like, there's a brutality to it that also almost has a kind of dark humor. I think in Terrified, maybe the characters, you get to know the characters a little bit more before things kind of go sideways. Um, but it was a similar aesthetic, just a, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I think I said to you guys <clears throat> after I watched this when, when Evil Lurks, uh, this is like elevated horror that is also going hard in the horror, like it's hardcore horror, but it's also elevated. Like it's well shot and well acted and it's artfully made, but it almost from the first five minutes, it's off, it's off and running with like imagery that's going to stick with you <laughs> and disturb you. Um, so I don't know. I, I found it to be really effective, but to, you know, to, just to answer your question, I was excited when you picked this one because you kind of reminded me, oh, yeah, that, yeah. like, I had sort of forgotten it was out there, and, you know, lately there's been this glut of things to watch, so um, I was really glad to have a reason to sit down and make a point of catching this. And, yeah, if people like this, uh, or we, if we make When Evil Lurks sound good in this segment, um, <coughs> definitely check out Terrified. It's it's great as well. Ronald. Yeah, you're right. There, there's, John. like, a... In general, there's like a there is a bit of a dark humor in certain scenes in the movie. I think overall, I think anybody walking away from me is like following you guys when you were texting me on Saturday, like having watched it finally. You know, you watched it before I did, actually. So, you know, your responses were kind of in line with like everything I had read about it. Um, but just like it does. It, it's like one of those movies, wherever you fall on it, that like it does get a reaction. And it it's like. It earns a lot of the, the the shocking moments in the movie because like the comment John said about like, you know, the the evil or like the the spirit or, or wh whatever it is that's in this movie or, and, and also in Terrified. Like, I think the way that it creeps into like the central characters personal lives, but then you see its reach beyond them, like immediately, uh, like literally within like the first 20, 30 minutes of the movie. Like, I, I love that you get a sense that like you're going to see how it impacts the two leads that you meet at the beginning of the movie immediately. But then you also know that there's scope beyond those two characters that you're with. So no matter really what happens, you know, with the, the leads, like what, what, what the resolution is for them and those around them directly, like there's probably still something happening outside of the story that we're following. You, you oh, know yeah. what I'm getting at? Yeah. Like, like I love that 
idea of like it's so it's so close to the two leads in the movie and you know you see it uh you see it affecting their family and friends and you know the characters that they come across or that they seek out you can almost like feel the backstory about like how it's already gone through that story with those people and it's just meeting these guys you know like i love that and the idea of like who else has it touched you know or who else who else has been exposed kind of those kinds of stories um which in some in some studio uh, things, you know, putting on my movie studios hat, it's like that's a that's prime for like uh, a franchise, you know. If this movie did well or is good, you know, like is well received, like that setup is prime for that. And not that I want that to happen with this movie, but I, in general, I thought this movie was awesome. Yeah. And like you know, I I thought it was so well made, and I think that like just the way it looks, the way it's shot, um, the characters, like I just feel like this this movie. You know, it's only like I'm just checking. It's like an hour and thirty five, hour 40, 40 yeah. minutes or something. It's like that. lean. It's lean. It's it's so quick. And like we always talk about that on this podcast, like you know how efficient that stuff can be. And even with a movie like you're saying, it's kind of a slow burn in ways. But like when it hits, it hits hard. Mm-hmm. Like that equation of it being a movie that's not that long. You know that manages to kind of have a foot in each area of like the shock and awe, and some you know just some creepy imagery. Um, mm-hmm. but kind of build real tension uh, in and around those sequences is great. And honestly, like, you know, to, I don't know if this is, makes me horrible. It probably, I don't know. Like, I love a horror movie, uh, 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 really any movie, but especially a horror movie that like no holds barred. Like kids are kids are victim you to it, you too. You know, like it sucks to see and nobody likes it. Uh, but like, you know, when you see kids pulling shit like they do in this movie and especially like in some of the last scenes of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, with with one of the child characters. Uh, I love that stuff, man. I love it when kids are not off off limits and like they can get t- torn to shreds and they can be a part of the destruction. I I think that's that's awesome. Well, I was even thinking earlier, there's a scene with a dog that is really yeah. like the way yeah. that it's framed and the way that it's shot. You just your sense of dread. And you've seen this movie already go, like, so far with what it'll show. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you about, Ronald. Was you were talking about kind of like gore and stuff, not necessarily being a thing that that you go for. But yeah. did you think this movie had a way of dealing with gore that was like it was brutal? And because I was trying to, my son was asking me if he would like it, and I was like, well, he's seen some pretty extreme stuff, but I don't know if this would be too much for him. But then I thought about <laughs> it. I was like, but it's it's so quick. It's like, th- it's literally a movie where you might like look away from the screen. You know how sometimes you might be eating chips, yeah. uh, chips and dip when you're watching a movie. And if you like look away to dip your chip, you might miss a shot where two people die in an axe attack yeah. and then look up. It, the movie doesn't linger on those moments. And it's part of the brutality we're talking about. But it's like, it's got a couple moments that it stays on and makes yeah. you feel. But I'm just yeah. saying they don't make a point of of like elongating those sequences it's more like yeah. the suddenness of it and how quickly oh that person just killed that person and oh they just did that um it's so much quicker than i thought it was going to be so it's brutal and it's awful but it's also kind of merciful in the sense that like it it lets you move on to the next thing because this movie is moving at such a clip but the, once it's done that two or three times now you really have no idea nobody feels safe and that's where that little kid in the dog part i yeah. was just feeling like i've seen too much bad shit happen already i know this movie isn't going to shy away um h- how did you think this movie dealt with the gore did you think that did it in an almost tasteful way i know it was yeah. hard to see but I do you mean, know what i'm saying i'm <clears throat> i'm uh i'm not you know i'm not a storied horror fan but there are two movies that i feel like are the grandfather of this movie that's 
Man Bites Dog and 1992's Man Bite, Bites Dog, which is like one of my favorite movies. It's a found footage movie. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you much about it. Or kind of it a mockumentary it's, almost. Yeah, yeah, sort of mockumentary. And then the one that feels the most like its grandfather is Record, which came out in 2007, which kind of has its pace. Mm-hmm. Now, I, you know, one thing I hate, you know, we talked about this, the pet peeves, uh, horror pet peeves is slow burns right this does not have any slow burns this is really no. i mean and you know what's cool about it it it, it kind of does in the same way there's a, there's like a underlying story of like the root of this and following the root of it that feels like the slow burn part of it but the action is very immediate the relationships are are very apparent you know when they <laughs> i love i love how it starts off kind of slow when they go and they see this gore yeah and then they kind of it feels like a video game they kind of travel over to see what the root cause of it is mm-hmm. and then that's when it kind of picks up yeah and then when you see like what it is and what it may be and uh the way that they talk about it yeah um, yeah you know that that's kind of the cool part about it like and you have somebody from the beginning and it kind of says like, man, we need to get rid of this immediately. Whatever this is, whatever this feels like, exterminate it. And then everybody's just kind of tiptoeing around it. And then it just gets crazier and crazier. and crazier. I screamed a couple of times. Yeah. I found myself standing <laughs> up and running around, <laughs> which I don't do. You're like, what, what's happening? What, what, what are you guys doing? Yeah. yeah. Well, but I mean, like, that's what I mean about the suddenness of it. Sometimes you yeah, would almost yeah. be like, I'm going to have to watch that again because it looked like <laughs> this character just got killed in this sudden way. It's like, yeah. you know, you have to like process it almost but i do think that that way that you guys have both alluded to it the way that it spreads the way that like the the evil spreads through like the community and kind of across the countryside and that they're they're ahead of it in some situations when they arrive and they're behind it in other situations when they arrive i just think it's a really interesting thing um and it's kind of like what you said steve like there's really no hope of ever actually getting away from this evil once it's out but it does feel like at the end of the movie there's a kind of moment where our lead guy um what was the character's name is it is it pedro yeah pedro he's kind of got this moment of survival but it's like a form of humiliation because he's spared in a way yeah. um, in a moment okay. where he yeah. doesn't feel that he should be spared or that like he doesn't feel that that is what's coming to him and it's almost like leaving someone leaving a guy like pedro alive is a, a more brutal fate in a strange way than killing him in in battle in a strange way i mean like there's yeah. just you get a yeah, sense that sure. he's kind of a, a broken man at the end and then what happens with his son being uh you know, clearly still possessed or shaking off the possession. It's just, and it's g- gross. The thing in the throat. I don't know. I don't want to ruin every image in this, just in case someone is thinking about watching it. Mm. But the arc of it is very, um, like almost like a, a, a like a mythic tale where a character goes from one yeah. place to another and has a different little <laughs> encounter and adventure sort of along the way. And then at the end, you know, they've that they've come to the end of this thing, but it's like the inverse of a heroic journey. It's it's like, yeah. there is no heroism. There's nothing really to be excited about, but maybe there's some Im- implication that whatever the evil is, is it's like, we kind of know where it's going and we know it's like, it seems to be more of a tangible evil now yeah. and, le- and less of like a evil spreading across the land, but who knows? I mean, it almost seems like this is yeah. the end of the world and we're just watching a small piece yeah. of it. I, go ahead, go ahead, Steve. You, yeah, I was going to say like your, your comment about like, <clears throat> um, you know, like that moment of humiliation. It's also like a moment, like the, it, it's almost like, a, a, I don't know the right word. Like it's almost like a flex, 
on the demons part or, or yeah. the character, you know, yeah. that child demons part, because it's like, you don't know why really beyond to humiliate, humiliate him until you see what happened to his son, you know, yeah. like, and, and, and it's, and unlikely his mother, uh, you know, like that, that's almost like the demon spared him, not only to humiliate him in terms yeah. of his failure, uh, or perceived success, but failure right. in the end. But even ultimate, more ultimate than that, there's a, there's a further failure, which is that to protect your your mother and child. Yeah. You know, and he gets back that you know that 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 scene is just like, I, oh my it, god, that scene is brutal. That makes me think like there's a there's a thing that I thought about when I was watching this. Everything has a story to it, from from the way that the police treat this gentleman in the beginning, like the way you were saying, like, everything's kind of off screen. Like you, there's a backstory with this guy. You know, it really hit me like a ton of bricks. The, 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 the lady's house, when they go to hit to her house and it's like this story with the, one of the brothers, like there's like the other brother. Yeah. This whole story Mm -hmm. that was like really interesting and handled in a cool way. And, the other brother's kind of processing all the information. He's like, what? What happened? Like, yeah, it, it just, everything has a story. I fucking love that. I love that, like, some of the other family, there's a, there's like a relationship there that, that, that they explain kind of in real time through some of the tense moments. Like, mm-hmm. everything was thought out. Somebody had a, 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 a diagram and kind of mapped this out when they were writing it. <laughs> And that's what feels so special about it. On top of just it being frantic and scary, and and, and I love that it doesn't feel like I, I love that there was no CGI or or, or 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 very little. Let's say maybe there yeah. was, but it was very little. Everything felt so tactile. Everything felt so like <clears throat> I, yeah, I, like you could feel. You know, something that really fucked with me. You know, talking about scenes that lingered for too long. Man, towards the end, when they get to that room with, I'm not going to give anything away, but there's like a, a couple strikes that happen with the kids. Mm. Oh, you're talking about the hammer. Oh, come on. I was like, well, that, well, that's an example of them lingering on it in a way. And it's like continuing to come back to it. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, they're not going to spare us this. Um, well, oh, I think that the, 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 you know, the, the other point I wanted to mention about this movie that just struck me is because people were talking about whether exorcism stories mm-hmm. or possession stories mm-hmm. feel fresh or scary anymore in a world where maybe people aren't as typically scared of like the religious side of that. And I've always found possession stories to be potentially scary just because to me, the suggestion of some kind of like ancient entity, I don't care what the basis of it is, something taking over you and connecting you to some ancient power or ancient evil there's something really creepy about that and like even if it's like oh maybe humans have put a name on it and we call it a demon but it's something else that we don't understand i've always liked the way evil just creeps into the world of those movies like in an exorcist movie there's there's um uh weird stuff happening around the house kind of when they're when the possession starts you know it's like it's not just the person it's local to them um and but people were saying like is that really scary and it does it work for you and it's some people just don't find it scary this movie to me is almost like an answer to that question of like what's a fresh way to do a possession tale this really is a possession tale through and through but it does it in such a um 
it's so propulsive and so different. And even just the form, when they go to see the possessed, it's like, I think it's supposed to be a kid that's possessed. And it's okay. been a, whatever, a, a year and a half or whatever they say that since yeah. this kid's been possessed. And it's it's like, it's mind blowing the form that the kid takes and like, yeah. what's uh, it's it's a it's a really unique vision of of a story that you may think from our description it may sound like oh you've seen something like this before but I I, you I, have I, not. I don't think you've seen it done quite this way with as much respect for like keeping yeah. you riveted but yeah. also that artful stuff of you know when when we talk about slow burns in this movie it's not really like a slow burn it just means it's what you were saying it's that five minute conversation where you get yeah. the sense of history and you don't take it as like too much. You take it as like a welcome yeah. bit of of context for why people are acting the way they are. But in the tradition of any good horror movies that, that that have good characters, there's always a thing where you're like, yeah, these characters are good, but we all know why they're here. Right. They're here to get killed. <laughs> <laughs> Just line them up. Yeah. So it's like as much as you might care, you recognize that what they're up against. And this movie is particularly <clears throat> bracing in the way that it deals with that, that idea that like th there's yeah. no beating this. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Steve, I... Kids, kids got to get it too, man. That's what I'm saying, dude. Or it doesn't, you know what? It, it's it's not that it's not that kids should die. It's just that they shouldn't have armor. Every, everybody should be susceptible. Yes, everybody exactly. should be That's susceptible to it. And 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 seeing. Yeah, I'm not saying like in a movie where no kids are around, go find a kid it. to kill him. <laughs> yeah, bring yeah. in a kid and behead no, them. I'm on like, screen. if that kid is if that kid is in the line. Yeah. yeah, like John said, there should not be a bubble, you know, yeah. like that just makes the stakes even greater, I think. Yeah. I would I would even venture to say that the kids got it worse. Yeah. I I I, I didn't see anything that equaled some of the brutality. Yeah, you, you know that last scene when they arrive to the place that has all the kids in it and the one kid comes out and talks to him and the other kid yeah. comes out and talks to him? Yeah. Things like that creep me the hell out where it's yeah, like dude. if you were to yeah. talk to a kid and they were to say, um, you know, whatever you, yeah, you should come on in or whatever. And then another kid were to come out screaming and crying like, no, no, no. But when a character is dealing with that question of just like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Like I find that so like the hair stands up on the back of my neck when, when a scene like that really gets going, because it's just yeah. like in life, you would be like, well, this is, there's gotta be, I mean, in life there would be a different sort of explanation, but in a horror story, it's just wide open as to like yeah. what's happening in there. And especially with the, when we know the kind of evil that's afoot in this story, yeah. you're just like, what have they done? What are those yeah. kids doing in there? Yeah. And why yeah. is the one yeah. girl crying and the one guy like <laughs> acting different? And I mean, yeah, it's just, it's so, it feels so manipulated by, by unseen forces and yet you don't know what's going on. And it's, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. I look forward to whatever the, what is his name? Damien, uh, Damien Runa, Runya, Runya, yeah, Runya. Damien Runya, but uh, I also wanted to say this: from authors to movie makers, I think uh, Argentinian people have a knack for horror. <laughs> There's something they've got going on. Yes. I think that it's like it's a political, it's a politicized art form, and and they're really good at sublimating it in their art um, statements and and big moves and big swings but um i wish i had a list in front of me I've, I've but i've read you know two or three argentinian authors that write uh excellent uh excellent horror and kind of genre stuff so um i don't know i wonder if it's just like maybe it's like a genre that is given a lot of respect in that country i'd be interested to know um hmm. you know if there is something something like that going on because it's it's every now and then i'll look up where someone came from and i'm like oh wow <laughs> another argentinian <laughs> who knows how to and, and and it's got the same kind of effect of this of like really up to date like really like this movie feels like it knows movies like that this movie is definitely a movie from 2023 that yeah, yeah, knows yeah. what it's doing in 2023 it's not a throwback yeah. of any kind for sure i 
this could this is for sure. I mean, I, I don't know what's gonna happen in the next month, but this is in my top ten. Like it will be on wow. my top ten. Like I, I think so. Not even close, like well, it's, it's going, just a matter of where, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just a matter of where. I, it was I mean it could good. be ten, it could be nine, it could, it could be eight. Could be eight, could be seven, could be six, <laughs> could be five. Could yeah. be four, could be three, could right. be two. I like when somebody says something's in their top seven or whatever, or top nine, because you know it means it's number nine. <laughs> you know? Ronald, you're one of my top 13 local comics. Right. Yeah, yeah also, I'm 13. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is uh, what it definitely is, wherever it falls on your top tens. Who knows that? But what we do know is on Shutter right now. And yeah. if, you know, this conversation... If you didn't watch it with us, uh, you know, and you still want to check it out, or if you, you know, just coming along and just hearing about it now, um, definitely, definitely uh, go go sign up for a trial of Shutter if you don't have it already. It's a great service, um, and if you do, just go watch When Evil Lurks because it's a recommend. Um, John, you're up, I believe. Yes, uh, you're going to go with our next required viewing, and what, and what do you got for us? Well, if we had not missed a week, this would be. <clears throat> My my pick would be playing this week, so it would definitely still be under the umbrella of like this keep it creepy vibe. Mm, so yeah. this is definitely a horror pick, and I had two choices that could have fallen on this date, and one of them would have been the the oldest film we've talked about yet. Um, but I thought oh, maybe I'll keep that one a little bit longer. There's so many good films on my list that I want to talk about with you guys that I um, can't wait to watch them. Uh, but this is one that I saw when it came out in 1997, and I don't I, I think that I was 24 at the time, so I was at the maximum like if I wanted to see a movie, probably having a picture in my head of what it was going to be and then being disappointed if it wasn't the movie I was going to see. Like I was at my most opinionated okay. young Ooh. film fan. So I don't know if I was brutal to this movie. I didn't like it that much when I saw it, I, I but I did like certain things about it and I really was looking forward to it. Uh, this is a movie that uh, jo Jonathan Rosenbaum of the Chicago Reader said it was The Pits. Uh, Kenneth Turan of Los Angeles Times said, the director shows a consistent desire to brutalize the audience. Bob Thomas of the Associated Press said, the weary viewer wants to cry stop already. <laughs> oh, my God. Scott Rosenberg from Salon.com said, it's as if any glint of subtlety has been swallowed by a black hole. Uh, we will talk about whether this might be the best film by a bad director. This is the third film by Paul W.S. Anderson, 1997's Event Horizon. Oh, nice. Okay will be our next pick. I don't remember much about the way this movie felt to watch. I remember it had cool set design and a cool, creepy setup. And then I feel like <laughs> it goes to all kinds of hell, maybe as a movie, but definitely literally. This movie has a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh um, but I think there is also a fan it's been reclaimed somewhat. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think this so was too. this was not a movie that critics liked, but it's got a great cast, or at least it's got some real noteworthy people in it. Um, Sam Neill. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Jason Isaacs. Um, so I don't know. It, uh, you know, I have a feeling this will be a fun, watchable movie, even if it's not great. But I'm willing to believe it's probably better than I remember it being, or at least I would like it more now than I would would have then. Um, but I also expect it to feel extremely 1997 with its mm. approach to like editing and 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 music and gore and stuff. Um, so yeah, we're gonna watch Event Horizon for movie schmovie. Where can we watch Event Horizon? Let's let's check that so we can let our deep space, my friend. You have to look into deep <laughs> deep space. You watch it in deep space. Okay, so it's on. Hmm. Um, you can rent it. On, stream uh, streams on Fubo. Fubo TV. I don't know if you guys ever used that. No. Fubo.tv, Event Horizon, is streaming on there now. I don't know if it's a free service or not, but or you could just get it digitally. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a rental. I see it's on. A- I might be on Hulu. Is it on Hulu? It looks like it's on Paramount Plus. It's not. It's hard to say whether it's through those places that they have some right, right, subscription right, right, to right. some other service, but it's listed on a bunch of places. Um, so yeah, Event Horizon, cool. I, I guess cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, you know what I'm looking for. What uh, it has been remastered fairly recently. Okay, this, this is like one of those ones that uh, a smaller like a physical media place would remaster and put out. This is kind of like the, the sort of screen factory sort of release. Like it's that sort of lane. This is like ideal for the, for their, for their sort of audience. So, um, yeah. There we go. Event horizon next week. Cool. Cool. Um, let's, uh, I guess you guys want to talk about, uh, the big breakout horror hit of the season. Yes. Uh, the, the 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 Blumhouse in the wake of uh, the Exorcist believer, I guess bombing is a good word. Um, yeah. uh, Blumhouse takes a movie that they have coming out day and date uh, in theaters and on Peacock and says, hey, make this our biggest release opening weekend ever. And yeah. Uh, yeah. that then yeah. you get Five Nights at Freddy's. And uh, yeah, and you're going to so, get at least five Five Nights at Freddy's now. Oh, there's yeah. no doubt. Yeah, I mean. They make these, you know, Blumhouse has their formula. They make these movies for nothing. I mean, I don't right. know what the budget was on this. If anybody's looked it up, it's under 20 million max. Uh, they adjusted the opening weekend grosses. It was $80 million opening weekend. Budget uh, 20 million is listed on Wikipedia. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think it was like another 30 or 40 worldwide. I mean, uh, international. So it's like 130 and change opening weekend. 152 million is what it oh, says. Oh, 52. Right okay, here. perfect. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, like you know, I have I have a little bit of awareness of this franchise or this mm. this this title, mainly through my nephew, you know, who, uh, <laughs> you know, is I've seen him playing the game. You know, he's talked about the game. You know, that mm-hmm. that's literally the extent of my I, I can recognize the the characters. You know, when I see him, just from some of the stuff he's had in in yeah. life in passing. But beyond knowing that it has anything that like so- something similar to a Chuck E. Cheese or like, you know, that kind of look to it. I don't know anything about the lore of the game mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, I, I kind of went into this watching this uh, pretty blind. I-, I was actually looking forward to watching it only because, you know, I, I you know, it's not only is it spooky season. And I like to watch as much as I can, but um it kind of gave me a vibe and we can talk about how it lands with any, with a, the three of us in, in a moment, but like watching the trailer or even like his, my nephew's, his like excitement around it, talking to me before years ago. And even now, like it, it feels very much like a great gateway horror kind of thing, yeah. um, which I always felt it was. And like my nephew does like horror stuff. My brother and his wife have like kind of shown him some stuff over the years that kind See, of, I would, I would expect you to probably like disconnect from your family if they weren't. If they yeah. Like I mean their, that it's know, a requirement. The kid yeah. To heart. Yeah. yeah so it's right. a requirement. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just like that was my read on it. And even from the trailer, it kind of felt like that knowing that they were getting the PG 13 rating and, you know, trying to keep it, you know, I guess to, 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 to get that audience that they know generationally is looking for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and like based on the demos from the box office, like that's the, one of the biggest things I've been, you know, hearing is that like 
you know, the audience breakdown of like uh, under under 24 or something like that. Mm. I forget the the, the box, maybe under 25, like the breakdown of the demo is like through the roof, like for this movie. I think it's one of the highest percentage movies in that demo, even more or even on par with like other box office hits that were like cartoons, you know, geared towards kids obviously mm-hmm. but um i don't know it's which is a, a reassuring thing i mean obviously we always, we always talk about how horror is like a a reliable and you know tried and true box office thing still people go to the movies for a you know communal experience with horror um so it's cool that you know there's a movie out there that you know teens kids whatever they're they're going to see and and hopefully it is it is kind of like a gateway um regardless of what you think of the movie itself but like even just that it's an offering for a property that is really one of the bigger game to screen transitions that we've seen, you know, even more recently, even more than like Sonic recently, it was like the another big one that like made that jump. And it's it's a bigger opening than Sonic. So it's a it's a huge success. What what, what did you guys? I don't know. I don't know. We need to talk about the box office enough, but um, or we don't need to talk about that a lot. I guess we can get into talking about the movie, but I guess yeah. <laughs> were, were you aware of it a bit, Ronald? I guess because you you're you're much more in tune. Yeah, with the yeah. Gaming world, more of a game you know? guy. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, I remember when it came around, like 2013, 2014. Yeah. I remember. I remember its presence. I remember people constantly talking about it. Um. It's not really my bag video game wise. Like, I'm not really right. like a horror survival game unless it's, it has to be incredible. It has to be The Last of Us, you know, one of those right. types of games. But yeah, I've all, it's always been present. Um, it's one of those games that was like heavily pushed on Xbox because it, that was kind of like this PC, Xbox sort of thing. P- PC gamers typically went to Xbox. That was kind of like the gradual thing. And that was one of the games that kind of hooked people. Um, but personal excitement, zero, zero, zero excitement about this movie. I had no expectations, but man, Blumhouse is, is that the new movie? Is this the new thing that's happened in the next couple of years? It was superheroes for the last like 10 or so or video game adaptations. There's so many in the pipeline. Like I, I feel like a lot of, a lot that people don't know. I mean, I've, I've kind of mentioned like gangs of London being one that, Nobody knew it was a video game, and and you know you right, listen to right. the podcast, and you found out that it was. Well, the but, Mario like, movie was a was a huge hit yeah, too, and you got to believe yeah, that has to so do many, with man. being the accessibility of games, the rampant, like, yeah. the, just how ubiquitous games are for people. Um, I mean, I, I I I I had no association with this movie either, except for some of the stuff you said, Steve. Like I kind of knew. I, what I remember was talk of making a movie out of the game Five Nights at Freddy's. Like that started a long time ago. I do remember yeah, that. Like yeah. there was chatter, and so I would read announcements about that. And I would always there was always it felt like some overlap between like gaming aficionados and the some of the movie people that I wrote the the like the you know press that I read. And so there would be a lot of excitement about certain video games being adapted in the right way or whatever. Um, but so outside of knowing this was a a project that a lot of people were trying to get off the ground for a while. I sort of had like the, just the recognition of the characters that you're mentioning, Steve. And then recently when there was that, um, was it like showbiz pizza, rock fire explosion? There was something else that was a similar kind of idea that got made into a movie. And so I didn't know, you know, this blurred with that in my mind. Um, so I had, I had zero, uh, like investment in any of the lore of the game. I kept thinking like, 
throughout this movie, I kept thinking like, oh, I'm definitely missing Easter eggs left and right, like moments. And the one thing I was able to appreciate about it, though, was there were scenes where um, the main character, Mike Schmidt, played by Josh Hutcherson, is like walking around in the dark with a flashlight. And it felt very video, it felt very survival video gamey to me, just the way that it was filmed. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that they've been able to evoke that that feeling, that exact feeling of shining a flashlight around in a video game in one of those games where, and I'm to understand that's what uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is. Um, you know, you're going around in a dark place and the sounds are uh, kind of guiding you. I know that because one of my students in uh, uh, audio production this year wrote an essay about the immersive sound design of Five Nights at Freddy's. So, Really? Um, yes. That's really cool. Um, but I mean, so I was watching this movie going, oh, I can kind of see what they were talking about with, even though this is not the game, they were talking about the game, but like the way that you're in the dark and sounds are kind of leading you through. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, I was able to kind of see all the things you said, Steve. This is, it feels like gateway horror, feels like, for you know, I mean, this is one of those occasions where I almost feel like I'm going to like step aside with all the magnanimity that I can muster and say this is not for me. You know, like this is right. this movie is for people that love the game. Magnanimity? How do you say that word? I'm being magnanimous. Yeah, um, there you go. <clears throat> uh, these, the, you know, this is for the people that love the game and people that are maybe of an age where they've grown up with this game. I'm not saying that as a way to knock it. I'm just saying that so much yeah. of it was lost on me because of that. Um, I did think it was reasonably well made. Um, I will say that like the the way th- when those when those animatronic characters started finally moving around and doing something, I, I wanted to cheer just because it was like 40 minutes into the movie. It was it yeah. was that they really take a, a lot longer, I think, than they needed to to like sell you on why this guy's working there and what's going on yeah. in his life. I feel like you could have been like second scene, he's got that job um, and you wouldn't question it. I, I know they were going for a little bit more of like a, a slow burn, but for some reason, like this does not feel like the movie to me to do the slow burn. And the other thing is when the characters are walking around finally, I know I, I knew it was not for me when I was like, okay, if I grew up loving this game, I would probably think it was so cool to finally see, oh, creepy fox guy come around the corner. But otherwise, it felt so slow. It felt like they were it treating did. it like it was watching the 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 first dinosaur that you saw in Jurassic Park from a distance. They were treating it like, oh, you're going to be blown away when you see these characters just kind of come out around the... Yeah. And, 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 and it, it, the pacing and, felt really off to me because of that. Yeah. And the people that know this probably were blown away yeah. by it. No, I'm sure. I'm like, sure. Like, like having talked to a few, like, you know, yeah, I would say like, that's what felt the most odd to me watching this is that I feel like it's one of the, one of the, I don't know. I feel like it's one of the first times, even of other like game to video, to, to, to film adaptations. Like I'm not familiar with the one that comes to mind. It's like Uncharted, you know, that was like, you know, a modest success, even, you know, when it finally came out, you know, and I don't really have any association to that. But I guess maybe this one hits me more because it's horror where like I feel like, yeah, man, like how do I I have no connection to this and I feel weird that like I, I'm not like you said, John, like I'm not getting these things or I have no I have no. um, Yeah, I don't know if expectation is the right word, but I have no like. Yeah, there is a word. <laughs> God, yeah, it's, not, it's like, not quite. I have no bandwidth, or I have no headspace, or I have no. It's not like I don't have a place in my heart, but there is something that's like I don't have the it, anticipation. It's, or it's, it's yeah. just it, for me, it's just like the connection. It's not even yeah. the headspace or the bandwidth, whatever that word is. I'm thinking more so like it felt weird watching this to me to admit to myself, right? Like that I'm at an age where there's a property that's been baked for the last ten years 
with a different generation yeah. in a gaming console that is now a hit horror movie and it will be yeah. a franchise and i have nothing connected to it as a person who loves movies and horror they're like i didn't even you know i didn't even connect with the game in any way besides like knowing about it to my nephew that was like a re realization yeah that i had watching it but you don't you shouldn't feel weird about it because it wasn't good enough the, 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 the thing is like but, but i know here's the thing though like i say all that and i thought the movie was fine Oh, like I'm, I'm, I'm probably the, I'm, I'm the most positive here. I'm sure based off of oh, our man. text thread and like you know the, my read on what you guys are got going here. But like, is it good? Like maybe barely. But like I watched this movie and I was like, okay, for that person or those that generation oh, or the fans, I'm like they're they're fucking probably eating this shit up. Yeah, like it got an A minus cinema score for yeah. a horror movie and it's and it's that just is it's just like it's just gory enough not gory but it's just like hardcore enough with the kills that happen even though you don't really see anything that i do think it flatters the idea that it's not yes not it's not like uh safe corporate product or yes. something like that even yeah. though it kind of is in its own way you know i will say this um after reading the the marvel book and kind of coming to think about what kevin feige represents you know um I, and I know that you've been a Bloomhouse fan uh, all along, Steve, and I've, I have too intermittently. I've, I admire what they do. I love that model of don't spend more than 15 or 20 million yeah. and, and make a kind of movie that always makes more than that unless you really fuck up. Um, and then uh, uh, you'll have hit after hit and like make it PG-13 so that kids can go see it on yeah, Friday night. Yeah. So this movie was day and date and still made all that money in the Yes. Theater. I mean, that tells you something else about the energy people have for going to see a movie like this in the theater, as opposed yeah. to some of the other movies that haven't had the performance. I mean, if, the, right, if a movie right, like true. this literally does more than, I mean, it's hard to believe that this movie could really outperform a Marvel movie coming in a few weeks. Um, uh, know, in terms of opening crazy. weekend box office. But I don't know that this was projected. Maybe people are just going to see movies more and we'll see a lot of movies hit uh, a, a higher mark than they've been projected for. But I guess my point is just, this does feel like kind of a next wave thing. And Jason Bloom, um, uh, my wife and I watched Shark Tank as one of our garbage television shows. And uh, they had a Halloween special recently. And Jason Bloom was one of the, one of the billionaires. Oh, nice. uh, and it was interesting how like, I don't really care about, you know, executive producers and producers, they're not like the people I follow. But when you put them in a room with like the, those other assholes, Yes. He's suddenly the most interesting billionaire in the world compared to these other people. But the stuff he talked about with building up his company, it's like his success story really got me. Like I was like, you know oh what? God, That's really true. fucking cool. And as a fan of horror, even if his brand is not necessarily my exact jam, he's made some stuff that I've loved or he's his his imprint has been on some things I've loved. And yeah, sure. um, I love that he's been in that horror space and that even now that he's making big hits, he still sort of operates in that space you know, I, I'm a big fan of somebody that sticks with the genre that brought him to fame. I don't know. That always just appeals to me, like, um, as as far as, like, a brand or whatever. So, I don't know. I I, I will say that it, I, I find this movie almost more interesting as a success for Bloomhouse and what it means for them than I do as, like, as someone who could be invested in the movie. Because, yeah, I mean, maybe I liked it a little bit more than Ronald, but I don't think I would have would say by much. I, I, I think what I've more appreciated about it was just the effort that was made the very thing that kind of put me off, which was like how seriously they were taking it, I also kind of appreciated that they tried to make like a real movie out of this shit. Um, it just they didn't really work did. for me because I'm not one of those kids. But maybe if I was someone who has some reference for this material, maybe I would really appreciate that they had 
that this movie feels kind of carefully made with how it treats the the property. Um, so I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think of Matthew Lillard? <clears throat> what a Matthew Lillard. Yeah, what a fucking. I, I, I mean, I guess out color me stupid, man. I the twist in the end. I was like, holy no, color me what? stupid. I was like, oh no, you know what I mean? Like it really had a. What what color was, is that, Ronald? <laughs> I think it's like a pinkish grayish color it's like <laughs> kind of sluggish yeah it's kind of like a sluggish sort of i but love yeah. i always i always love matthew Lillard, man. i like matthew i like seeing him pop up even if he can he be kind it. of over the top i love seeing him pop up for some reason and that's honestly what i love about him like you know i feel like he's kind of like when he's in there he's like he's like that utility player that it's just like you pop him in and it's just like oh yeah, yeah. he's gonna be that kind of character am i crazy or was he kind of restrained in this <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i mean up until like the last two seconds or t- less two minutes maybe of his character he was pretty like he was doing a, a tight a more straight laced performance than we see from him usually yes. um, but i thought it was interesting that he got uh, he got to be like unmasked in that way in a yeah, like, it was a yeah, throwback sure. to another moment we think of with him so yes and i also um, like seeing mary Thor masterson in it like you know she's yeah. not the most interesting character but i saw her and i was like wow she looks exactly the same. <laughs> okay, I'll say that was one of the ways the movie being kind of a PG-13 horror, it was a miss for me. She was, from the moment she popped up on screen, she was one of those horror movie characters who sh- who should get like a a good death. Like a good a, one, yeah. And she didn't. Like No. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, in so much, I thought it was kind of funny the way they handled it, but it felt very much like, like if I was that performer, I'd be sitting there going like, what, I don't even get to... I didn't even get to play the moment where something happens to me. I just, you know, it all happens off screen. Um, but no, I agree yeah. with you seeing her. It's weird for me to see people like her and and be like, oh, yeah, that is her. Like, she definitely yeah, looks like herself. It's just, it's not that she looks that different. It's that I haven't looked at her in in years. Right. And so right. seeing her again makes you realize, oh, yeah, that's what Mary Stewart Masterson looks like. Um, she still but, got it. Yeah. Still got it. Yeah, makes Still it look, look great. We should have probably picked uh, some kind of wonderful as the next uh, the next movie. <laughs> Guys, I love that movie so much. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, I was I was way more positive on it than I than I thought I would be. Mm. And maybe it's because, again, like I said, I had no connection, I had no expectation, I had no dog in the fight. Like I, I didn't care yeah. about this movie really that much at all. Except, like John said, like I kind of was rooting for it because of Blumhouse. And honestly, recently. The the Exorcist underperformance and like you know kind of what scuttlebutt comes out of that like I don't know what where that goes but um you know I this is the kind of movie that could be like yeah this gets put on on like a cold, cold rainy night you know especially this time of year it's like yeah this is I could watch it with my teenager or my young kid yeah yeah you know yeah, it's yeah. like this is a no brainer you know and yeah. my daughter's maybe a little too young for it but like I know my nephew and my brother are eating this movie up. You know, like on Peacock, like I know they're loving this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have probably watched it multiple times already. So it's like that yeah. is a po- very positive thing in my eyes. So, um, but yeah, again, that's in theaters now. Number one movie in America. We'll see if it holds on to it for two weeks in a row. And uh, it's also on Peacock if you'd rather just stay home and watch it. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, anything? Oh, John, you said maybe to mention the uh, Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah. Yeah. Did you finish that yet, Ronald? How far did you get did you get into it? Uh The Raven. I think I'm on the Raven. Oh, that's episode. the last one. That's the last one. Yeah. Yeah, my coast coast to okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you, you you've got an idea of the shape of the thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean it's well, Mike well, Flanagan. We should say like this is his 
fourth or fifth, depending on, I guess we should say fifth, his fifth uh, you series. Should, Towson Tiger, yeah. Towson Tiger, Mike Flanagan. Well, I, I now teach at Hell yeah, Towson Mike. University in the Hell electronic yeah. media department. So I'm wondering, like, can I parlay this into some kind of like, you know, he'll come to some alumni thing and I can come, you know, be really annoying. He'll come up with a new creepy character called the the stalker professor um yeah. but uh, it'll have a better name than that um we're just working let's workshopping but no i think that yeah so this is the fifth series he's done for netflix um uh mike flanagan horror director who uh mm. has made you know made some horror films that people like a guy who has a real eye for character at this point we can say he likes like long monologues he likes giving characters a chance to kind of tell their story <clears throat> and yeah, this is the most recent one. This is the last one for Netflix, I suppose, because his relationship with them has ended. He's moved on. It is. It is. Um, so I don't know that this might be the last series we see him do, but he this this format, which started with Haunting of Hill House and continued with Haunting of Bly Manor and then continued through um, Midnight Mass. And then there was the Midnight Club, which was sort of a young adult thing. But I'm, I'm thinking I might watch that one just because I'm hungry for more Flanagan. Um, yeah. And then this new one, which is followed the house of usher he has at different times taken different authors and and sort of adapted sort of their work in or done something in the flavor of their work um fall of the house of usher <clears throat> is is full of references to poe's work from the episode titles to the fates of a lot of the characters it's never a one-to-one -one ratio but it's always if you know Poe's stories, it was very fun watching how the references popped up. Right, and how sometimes right, right. there would be like feints where like you would think an episode was going to refer to a different character going through something from one of the stories, and then it would come in a different form. And if yeah. you start if you started to see the shape of the thing, um, the little jingling sound that you were hearing early in the show, if you know your Poe, you know that's going to be crucial. Um, yeah. So yes, you do get uh, Cask of Amontillado. But I don't know. Um, you know, uh, Flanagan, I love him. Uh, I love Midnight Mass. I felt like if there was a drawback to that, it was that it was very, very heavy with the long monologues. And as much as oh, I yeah. loved it, what's um, the problem I, with the monologues? Why does everybody? Why does everybody bring that up? For me, it's because when it's too long, it feels like it's an indulgence. Like it feels mm. like the the it feels like a like in, in for instance, I felt like some of the monologues in Midnight Mass were too long. I haven't felt mm -hmm. that way about any of his other things. Um, okay, and I felt like the Fall of the House of Usher had like the best use of that like craft, where you would get a character gives a great speech in the like he's got this knack for a monologue, and it's like like particularly the moment when the um I guess he's a. Is he a detective or an investigative reporter or the, yeah. the guy who's doing the, the the Carl Lumbly plays him in the? He's like a yeah, he's like a uh, attorney general or deputy attorney general. But when he's in, in a young man and he's in their apartment and he's telling them like, I can see oh, yeah. from your lifestyle that you don't have a lot of money, and that's probably why you're not telling the truth about your employer. You know, that speech was so good. It was like a perfect yeah. example of Mike Flanagan's gift for writing monologues, but like. Not too long, not didn't feel like the camera was pulling it on someone's face for six minutes while they tell a long story. Um, it was just perfect. I mean, I felt like there was so much about this that was like, this might be, I don't I think my favorite might always be uh, The Haunting of Hill House, uh, but this felt like in some ways it might be better just because it's so clever and so full of of those types of things. And I do think it did move at a, at a nice brisk clip. Like each episode had its own kind of horror story to tell. And I was impressed at how it kept it going. Um, yeah, Steve, I know you like Flanagan stuff. How, how do you rank this one amongst the others? And do you know what I mean about this one feeling like, and also I will say with the addition of a, a, a strong humor streak that was not always as present in his other ones. This was a very, very yeah, this funny one, show. This one was very funny. Um, and you know, it's, 
just you know the the benefit of these kinds of shows that he makes is that like he kind of gets the you get to indulge in this great ensemble and i mean i think the the the, the, the cast in this yes. you know he has his Flanagan verse or whatever they call it, you know, like he's got these Casey actors Eagle, and actresses that Henry Thomas are everywhere. A, Henry Thomas having like, for me, a career second act entirely because of Mike Flanagan, as far as I could tell. Right, you know? right. And, you know, and some new faces as well that are going to continue to work forward with him. How um, good is in, Bruce Greenwood in this? In the movies. Oh, he's great. So good. And like I was saying on our text thread, like it's kind of crazy to think that that was that was all like reshot or for the most part all was like reshot stuff like at least half the season was yeah, shot when with, uh, uh what's his Frank name Langella. Uh, Langella, yeah wow um yeah remember that they had that he was in that role and then you know the, there was an incident and he was removed from the production and then Bruce Greenwood this is, came in this was that show i thought it was yeah. something total i thought this no. was like the amazon stuff that he holy mm. shit but yeah i don't know the standout wow, that- thing for me is always like you know i love the ensemble performance, you know, the, the the cast that he, you know, sticks with and that stick with him. They're all just such great actors and actresses. The performances are wonderful. You know, standouts for me, for sure. I mean, especially in this, because there's more time with her, with Carla Gugino. You know, I'm a huge fan of hers. I think she's yes. incredible and very underrated as an actress um, of that generation, for sure. But she's just uh, amazing in this as uh, was it, Verna. Um, but... I, you know, yes, Mike Flanagan is the surefire thing for me. I mean, we talk about the, 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 the this horror conversation, you know, the names that come up of like, you know, we are so dependent and depend that are so dependable. Sorry. Um, you know, like him and, yeah, I don't know, Jordan Peele and uh, I don't know who else comes to mind for you guys. If you just kind of be like, yeah, you're always in or you've liked or loved most of their stuff. Um, you know, his name is probably at the top of my list, mainly because of just like. The batting average, you know, whether, you know, yeah. <clears throat> whether it was Hush or whether it was Gerald's Game or Dr. Sleep, which was incredible. Yeah. Or, or these are all these Netflix series that John mentioned, you know, and going forward, you knowing that he's got another Stephen King adaptation, a feature film with a lot of the cast members of this movie and Matthew Lillard as well from Five Nights mm-hmm. at Freddy's is going to be in that um, called The Life of Chuck. I just I just. I, I don't know what we what else I can say about Mike Flanagan um, that we haven't already said on this podcast, but specifically with the show, I really just love the tone of this show. You know, yes, it was very kind of spooky and scary and it has some great scares, jump scares in it. But yeah, John kind of mentioned it already. And it's the key to me is like it just it has so much humor and levity and like awkward situations to break tension to, you know, make you go further into disliking or liking a character you know, yeah. to kind of broaden that spectrum and push you to one side or the other. Um, and I just loved all that stuff, you know. And again, you know, the, the casting is great. But like there's just some mood, you know, to the to, to his shows, um, to his series. And I don't know, I feel like Hill House will probably be like maybe just because it was like the first um, will probably be the top. But I mean, this is definitely the top three. I personally yeah. love Midnight Mass. Um, oh, I love I it love, too. I love yeah, I, I feel like this might be like you know this will probably be the two three for me, um, depending on how I'm feeling and you know the kind of thing I'm looking for. But yeah, you know the way that this kind of you know took a lot of these post stories and kind of found creative ways to slot them into telling the story of the rise and fall of this family and this character. Um, it's just great, and you know, and I love you know little behind the scenes things like I love seeing you know his. DP directing a lot of the episodes, you know, which I, he did some, I think, on uh, The Midnight Club as well. But, you know, I think the last two or three episodes were directed by him, and I think the rest were by Flanagan. 
Um, so it's cool to see like that hand, you know, that it, just that vibe that the, that this guy is like giving me, you know, that he keeps this tight knit thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, you've shot all my stuff. Do some of the you know, you're going to you're going to you're going to direct some of these episodes like, you know, I, I love that. And um, I like the Midnight Club. I still enjoyed it. It's definitely, at the you know, uh, I would say if you're going to say lesser of them, um, you know, but it's still it's still enjoyable for sure and you know you get to see a lot of the actors that are in this actors and actresses that are in this and that as well but yeah i mean the timing couldn't be more perfect at the time of year um but yeah this is like yeah this is one of the better shows i've seen this year for sure mm -hmm. um just in terms of enjoyability and again something like you know my wife watched with me and she's like that you just can't wait to watch the next episode kind of stuff um but yeah that's that's uh no-brainer for me flanagan is like yeah i don't know he's probably number one for me honestly right now like as i'm talking yeah like in i mean even in horror but i'm, I'm saying in general like everything he puts out i just would like yep number one in line i'm, I'm there well you just at this point you trust him yeah and that's he it that's he all delivers it that thing it's like when you like a musician and you put on their album and you hear their voice and you're like hell yeah and then right. they, they did they did it again you know it's like he's got a flavor maybe but it's not the same thing again and again it's just he brings it around to the the, the type of things that are the same are the things you like to see like the same actors working together and bouncing off each other in different ways and and this one in particular everyone gets to play a much more you were talking about how you might find these characters likable or not this is a great show where you might like these characters that none of them are likable but you yeah, might yeah. find one of them or another of them more sympathetic or more relatable or whatever and it's very funny particularly i thought the way that um as far as like who turns out to actually be the worst of the kids <laughs> turns out to be yeah. not the one who you might have thought was he the thought softest was. Right. at the beginning right. or the, the most likable at the beginning i think that was a really good thing that developed into this idea that like and the death that's given to that person is more epic and crazy than the deaths that are given to some of the other people which they're all kind of epic and crazy so it's like yes it's one of those things where you you can totally see why people keep showing up to do mike flanagan's stuff like he yeah he gives them great stuff to chew on as actors and this one seems like it must have been fun i mean some of that fun we're feeling must have been what they were trying to convey um and yeah just one more note about the bruce greenwood thing I mean, it is a it is crazy to think not with how integral he is to the thing it's crazy to think that like i don't even know how you do it as a crew as a director as a as the other actor how you keep the energy level up to go back in and do something again yeah maybe maybe you find it actually i uh, will do it better somehow this way but in general it seems like it would be so hard to keep quality control up and you would start to think like what are we doing if you were back you know <laughs> months later in you know doing the same same thing same shot with a different actor but bruce greenwood carries this show in some really key ways um i swear he's one of those actors who's better for me every time i see him yeah, he's um, great he's great so with where you're at ronald like how, how are you feeling like it gets in the you know the other Flanagan uh, series or movies that you've seen, or or just this, this show in general. Um, I mean, I don't talk about it a ton. I, I think he's incredible. I think that what he brings. I mean, look, I don't like Netflix. I've kind of voiced this a million times, but you've I been think back that, and forth on Netflix. I guess you're back yeah, to not liking them. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's generally trash, but. I think that what I don't even know like, what you mean. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad all the time, but. The shining light is like what Mike Flanagan brings to it. I, th I think that like, I, I think that there's like, I, 
to the point where like Netflix has its own quality of show, its own quality of movie that people have kind of accepted as okay. Yeah. But Mike Flanagan elevates it. it it's it's why he stands out so much. He he tells incredible stories. He tells, you know, long lasting things. Like I feel like I always hear people talk about Mike Flanagan the way that like people talk about Stranger Things when it comes out. Mm-hmm. The way is the way that I hear people talk about Mike Flanagan 12 months a year, you know, like he's he's become synonymous with quality forever, you know, and and the cool part is when when that announcement happened with Amazon, it's not like anybody was like, oh, no, they were like, oh, he's just going to take that same quality. Yeah. And take it to Amazon. And that's mm-hmm. just a stamp of what he brings to the table. I, I was impressed. I am impressed with it. I just have to finish it. And I think that he is one of the better directors in the past 20, 30 years. My favorite part, Chan Wook, but I mean, part Chan Wook is like, sure. if you ever hear Mike Flanagan talk, he he cites yeah. him as a, because yeah. he is the person. He is the person that everybody mimics. I mean, and not to be weird, but like, he's he's the blueprint. And then you have Mike Flanagan. If, if this is what he takes from directors like that, like, this is just the beginning of what we've seen from him. Like, right. what, what are we going to see in like two years, three years from Mike Flanagan? Like, this four is years, it, four years. What? Obvious. <laughs> no, years. I, I, I think I think what's interesting there is there is a style, and there is a a, a thing he does, and so yeah. yeah, you can see him honing it and kind of getting better with it. He's um, so good, and like, and so I. Uh, yeah, I I kind of agree. Like I wonder, in the same way that I wonder what Jordan Peele's going to be up to, I wonder same. what Mike Flanagan's going to be same. up to. In the same it, way, uh, almost like to that level of like, you know, I guess like the, there's lots of directors that have become like directors we've championed on this show. Like Denis Villeneuve is one. Mm-hmm. And I, and but I like, think that, but well, I mean, like um, you. you no, I was just going to say, but you would put him in that list of people who like. There is something re- rewarding about looking back over the years. We've been mentioning his name. It's not yeah. like this has all been over yeah. like four four quick yeah. years or any. It's like we've been talking about this guy for seven eight years at this point and saying like, oh no, this this is something worthwhile. This is something different. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's keeping that quality control up and moving forward it seems yeah, so I, I sure. yeah I'm super excited about whatever he does now especially sure. like if he gets the right elements together for a movie um if he has like a movie that has the same level of like fun uh and kind of nasty yeah, sure. uh horror of sort of fun that like uh this uh, that usher had I would love to see that because as much as dr sleep is a great movie I also think it fits into what we might expect from him which is the sort of you know sort of somber sort of slow-paced, character-driven thing. Um, it's fun to see him branch out and do yeah. you know do that yeah. within the context of something a little yeah. bit more kind of nasty and fun. So, well, he's we got like he's him. got a, the life of Chuck coming up next. I think that's filming in yeah. Alabama. Oh, yeah, cool. um, with an amazing cast beyond you know Mark Hamill, Matthew Lillard, Tom Hiddleston. I think is a star of it, but uh, yeah. that's oh, based wow. on the yeah. short uh, Stephen King short. And then he's also mm. got the season of Passage. After that, which is a, uh, based on a Christopher Pike novel, which is like a sci-fi mm. horror. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, um, and then whatever cool. he's going to do at Amazon, like intre- in- Intrepid, uh, his production house with Trevor, is I don't know what that is going to look like at Amazon. But I mean, he's got a lot going on. And yeah. and that's cool, too, that like, you know, the next thing he's got is like a big movie, you know, with big stars and, you know, and, and still a lot of the same cast that we've seen in everything else that he does. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, like that transition is really cool to see in uh <clears throat> Yeah, can't wait for this one to come out because this looks awesome. 
this is like a i'm not familiar with the short story but um it's it's apparently more similar to like something like stand by me you know at least from what i've read it says it's about a a man dying from a brain tumor in reverse order Hmm. um but uh it's from the same same book of short or the same uh book that uh was it mr harrigan's phone was in which was a netflix movie last year oh but but not not so great. But I mean, uh, it's it's cool that Mark Hamill is now in that in that group. I love that, it. He's yeah, great. Yeah, too, in, he's man. great in Usher. Too. He was so he fun is. to watch so in Usher. He's and his so character, good. I love the way his like. If we want to view Verna as this kind of demonic tempter character, I love his interaction with her. I love that he's like because of his role and what he does. That his role is like they almost have like an understanding. I don't know. I thought it was a really cool moment where he basically says like, cool. Like I like your offer, but I'll take, I'll take the consequences that are actually coming to me. And, and, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was yeah. an interesting, an interesting moment. Um, Cause at that point you knew the formula of like, when she meets somebody, what's going to happen. And I thought it was yeah. cool to see them deviate from the, For sure. the formula a little bit. Um, but I just like seeing Mark Hamill have fun like that. You can tell he was having fun doing a voice and <laughs> yeah, For you know, sure. He, he likes to act. Awesome. All right. Well, and, I'm, and I'm happy to see it's still in the top 10 on Netflix, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I do for, think... It's been out for a few weeks, and it's got... it's You know, his series always do have that hanging around, you know, power. In well, it's this time of year, too. It's a perfect yeah, time for of year. sure. For Great timing. I mean, but is it... Like, I? this to me is an argument <clears> for... I love the binge of this. You mentioned Stranger Things, Ronald. That's the other show where I'm like, I'm pro-binge. My oh, family... I, can't, I cannot my fa- wait. My family, like, we shut... We, we pull the curtains... We, we, we turn down the lights, we get a lot of snacks, we watch two or three, we have that, you want to watch another one before bed? And then we'll get it up and we'll watch more, you know? Yeah, like, I best. like when that happens. We don't do that often, but the Mike Flanagan shows, like, we all sort of agree, even right now with my son, like, he won't even speak to us two words in a day, sometimes if he doesn't have to. But when this was out, he was like, oh, we're going to watch uh, that, you know, that thing? Okay, yeah. Are we going to watch another one? I don't know. It's just like, it's the perfect... <laughs> It's to me. This is like an argument for the binge. Even though what you just said, Steve, <clears throat> I wonder what would happen if people did have a week to to ponder and a week to to talk about it and a week to yeah. sit in it. Yeah. I don't know if these shows are quite at that profile yet, but I do know that when I see my Facebook feed when one of his new things comes out, it's like there's a smattering over over a period of a couple weeks of yeah. people realizing it's out and then people realizing it's by the people that did the other thing. I think people have clued into those things that we like. And even if they don't know the name Mike Flanagan, they know this is like a a company of actors and writers that make something that they like and they'll come back for it, you know? So um, I do agree. I hope he can carry that over to Amazon and kind of do the same thing just under a different roof. I hope so. Uh, Yeah, so that's on Netflix right now. Um, You guys want to mention anything else? I don't don't think we have anything else big planned for this episode, do we? Or we're going to go through some other stuff that we've seen. I mean, there's other Anybody things we could talk about, but I, I could, I could hold off. We, we, I feel yeah. like that's a show. Let's hold <clears> off. <throat> yeah, that feels good. Um, is there anything else you guys have seen that you want to mention or say? Hey, watch this or no, don't. Decision to leave. Oh yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah yeah. Movie, um, a streaming service that does like their claim to fame is that they have like a daily. Well, what was that thing you just held up? It was like a movie, but it was like a yeah. It was, it was like, like in the real world. It was like a picture of a movie on what is that like a case or something? A, and then a, a cardboard with like a plastic. What is that like? <laughs> yeah. So you got a... like a re- little representation of the movie that you like to have at home, yeah. like a physical representation of it. Oh, yeah, cool. I'm, 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 I've, I've kind of become a. a grouchy physical media collector because you know you have to know that these things aren't going to be anywhere forever 
you know, if if Mike Flanagan's like, I don't want my stuff on Netflix anymore, then it won't be on Netflix anymore. You, you can you only get to. it on like I'm 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 going door to door, yeah, and like you, and, and, and like duping VHSs like for people. Uh, yeah, it's happened before; it'll happen again. So it's good to have some physical copies of stuff. Um, and movies. I still don't know what you mean by that physical copy. We'll we'll have to talk about it some other time. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little hard to. It's you kids it. are into so many wild things though. <laughs> we'll do this off. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do it off mic. Off mic. So movies a streaming service that uh, presents a movie a day from all around the world and mm-hmm. they're getting it. They've always distributed movies, but they're getting into physical media, uh, particularly 4Ks recently. This is the first of them. Mm-hmm. This movie is gorgeous. Park Chan-wook. This is, you know, my number one for last year. Yeah, I was about to say, wasn't that your number one for the year? Yeah, man. Um, this has an Atmos track that is so immersive for, for just the movie that does. It's not an action movie. It's just a crazy love story slash thriller that it. I think that anybody should really see it. it it's it's really good story to tell, and especially if you nice. like Mike Flanagan style stuff. Park Chan Wook is kind of in that like scary, making things that shouldn't be scary very scary, <laughs> and then kind of subverting expectations. Just really good storyteller. Um, and I love this movie. Well, no, I think that you're right. Like his movies are. I mean, I, it's it's an interesting comparison with Flanagan. But there's a thing of like, it's gonna it's gonna really work for you on some genre level, like with a Park yeah. Chan Wook film. But it's also gonna have like a genuine drama, like a genuinely yeah. engrossing human drama of some sort coursing through it. And it's almost unnecessary. Like you almost don't need that in your genre thing yeah. um, he'll do but, it. but it's great like it's instantly engaging like those are movies yeah. when people tell you to watch them and you watch them and you go you know what i mean you get hooked in oh yeah for sure um, for sure no i think that's great i yeah. i i uh, i kind of want to watch that one again i i enjoyed it but i was yeah. watching so many movies around the time we did our um yeah man. best of the year I, I don't remember if i watched it before or after you mentioned it but i feel like i didn't get to watch it in time for the show but then i watched it shortly after that and i did okay. love it but i oh, you know good. i good. i haven't seen it more than once and i i kind of think i should sit down and watch it and not as part of a flurry um right 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 i'm gonna give it another watch probably this weekend so i'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited about it well, have you guys watched anything else or not, not really or? i don't think so really i think that's uh i need to watch some things i need to same. watch the season finale or this the, yeah, the season finale of gen v i need to watch invincible season two. Oh, i need man. to watch monarch i need to watch a lot of stuff that's coming up that i'm sure oh. we'll talk about on this podcast soon <laughs> um but yeah there's a lot of stuff that i haven't watched that i need to um mm, but yeah mm. no i think i think that's good this feels good and uh yeah that's an episode i think yeah cool. so yeah moviesmovie.com is the website you can go there to subscribe to the podcast on uh, the podcast platform of your choice, or you could just listen right on the site. Maybe if you're listening at work or something, you could just keep the browser open. Mm. Um, YouTube.com slash movies, movie pod. If you want the video option and then uh, yeah, next week's episode is going to have a required viewing choice of event horizon from 1997, uh, which we, like we said, it's, vig- it's, it's available digitally. and maybe on some of the streamers. Like, you know, you get like showtime through this or paramount through that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know do a little do a little googling find that thing if you want to or just rent it for a couple bucks on any of the, the digital platforms or maybe you have i don't know some people might also have physical media that ronald held up at yeah. home Ooh. 
or know someone who knows someone who has that thing that maybe they could play or they have a player for. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't want to assume, but there's there's a chance that that may be the case. But regardless, we'll see you next week. And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.